I'm with Lee Jackson, who's the head groundsman here at the Etihad Stadium, Man City's home ground. Lee, wow, <laughs> what a place to work. Uh, yeah, not on a, you've come on a typical Manchester day. Yeah. Until I mean, it's the summer, nice and yeah. dark skies and rain. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of, about the fourth biggest stadium uh, in the country in regards to you know, winter sports that's played uh, in the Premier League. So yeah, it's, uh, it's nice, it's not bad. Well, you're obviously really busy. We're a few days away from kickoff for the new season. Um, pitch is looking good. How have things come together? Yeah, it's, it's not been bad. Uh, you know, we had concerts as we normally would do. It's, yeah. you know, we're not unique in that situation, obviously. We had uh, eight nights of concerts. We had uh, one night of Bruce Springsteen, one right. night of ACDC, two of Coldplay and four of the Stone Roses. So, again, as I say, that, that's normal for us here. I mean, summer events, I think I understand that you probably hold more concerts of for a, a stadium with a pitch than anybody else other than Wembley here, is that correct? Certainly for a team, that a stadium if you like, that has uh, football all the way through the winter, right. we are the most. Wembley would have the most obviously, yeah. but they would benefit from a slight break over the winter. But, uh, but yeah, um, you know, it's something we've very much bought into as part of the infrastructure of the club. You know, working with the club, we identify dates of when we can hold concerts and we, that works very well. And, Obviously, as you would expect, we, we try and hold as many as we can because it's sure. a vital revenue earner uh, for the club and, and for the, not just the club itself, but the local economy as well. So there's quite a lot, um, <coughs> a lot of responsibility with that. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, again, this summer, as I say, we've had the eight concerts. We also had the England International here uh, when they played Turkey. Um, and previous to that, early last season, we had the Rugby World Cup as well. And right. Historically, we've had the Magic Weekend three times. England have played here previous this year as well. England women's team played here. Right. We've had a uh, full rugby league international. So we've uh, even had boxing. So it's, uh, right. <laughs> you know, we, we've pretty much seen everything, you know, hopefully. So you, you approach uh, a concert coming in here. Obviously, there's, that could, in theory, do a lot of damage to your playing surface. What stages and processes do you go through to, to minimise the impact on your pitch? Well, normally we would strip the pitch before the concerts. Right. So take all the grass out in itself. Um, it just makes it a lot easier post-concerts to then get on and, and get it seeded. This year we tried it slightly differently with the, because the Bruce Springsteen concert fell three days after the England match. Right. So it literally went from one to the other. So then what we did, everything came out after the Bruce Springsteen concert and then we renovated. Right. So for the first time um, since we've had this new pitch, we actually renovated after a concert instead of before. So. That had its own challenges, uh, but again, you know, it, it caught very well with it, and uh, you know, we were very pleased as things stand because obviously anything can happen over the next nine or ten months. But you know, we're very happy how it's all worked out so far. So, in, when you're, if it's the marketing department or whatever department's scheduling concerts, they come to you and say, right, these are the dates we've got. You've got to deal with it. Do you, do you have any input into negotiations with the, the concert organisers and promoters? Yeah, I mean, the the concert promoters themselves are. Uh, company we deal with for a number of years now so you know everything if I'm honest pretty much runs itself for right. our side in terms of our requirements and our dates the the there or thereabouts every year in terms of the same dates so um, obviously we we have to bear in mind sort of the start of the season and the end of the following season for because you know already we we could be looking at planning on what we're doing next year or even the year after such as the the scale of some of the events that we have and the, the size of the artists who we have here in concert. So, uh, so you're always looking at the dates. You're always trying to work out, you know, can we squeeze a little bit more? You know, should we squeeze a little bit more? It's, it's, uh, it's as difficult for us doing the pitch as it is the guys who actually bring the concerts in. It's, right. it's you know, one big team effort throughout the club itself. So, 
and, uh, and as I say, so far, so good. So it sounds like you, you buy into that philosophy that the club needs to do this and it, it helps pay yours and your team's wages and, and make mm. the, the area successful. Paul Burgess, when we went to see him in, in Madrid, uh, he had a similar viewpoint. He actually thought perhaps head groundsmen should support or even report to the commercial department. Well, I suppose there's an argument for that. You know, we talked to other groundsmen um, and it's amazing. You know, there was a groundsman re recently uh, to a few years ago who's, who's left his job since and moved on but he was almost at board level right. so every, every club has a different type of infrastructure so so where um, you know where groundsmen are seen within their individual club will obviously vary we're quite fortunate here we have a, a really good relationship with our management team you know right across the board be it commercial partnerships uh, operations so so everything sort of works well and so far you know it, it's everything sort of falls into place where you know we all bounce off each other and if there's issue with dates possibly you know we talk about it and and if we can work with it you know we're all for it i mean my ideal would be you know cover it up for four weeks you can have 20 concerts <laughs> so as long as i get my seven and a half weeks yeah. then that's fine so you know it, it is a big revenue earner and like i say it's not just for the club but for the community and the wider city as well i think you were here when the stadium was turned over from a commonwealth game stadium to your home stadium, yeah. I believe, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about what happened there? Because I think it was quite a, quite an interesting set of circumstances, to say the least. Yeah, it's, uh, it was when I first stood in the centre spot in about 1999, it's, it's changed uh, yeah. to even when we had the Commonwealth Games in 2002. But what they did, um, the actual way you see Etihad Stadium on the far side, that was actually the level of the running track. Right. So what they did uh, when we moved in the following year, in that year in between, they dug down six metres, took all the spoil away, put a new pitch in and put another 20,000 seats in all the way around, which created so the new bottom. To when you put the new pitch in, was there an infrastructure there already for that or did you have to build that there in? There was in terms of plant machinery, such as undersoil heating and irrigation, yep. that was already in. But uh, in regards to the pitch itself, that was started again. Right. Uh, you know, By the time they dug down, it's a very heavy clay. Uh, as you can imagine, You know, the areas were um, traditionally historically similar to the training ground was a very industrial area yeah going back a number of years now so uh, yeah they found some some interesting bits down there and it was very uh, very damp and very boggy <laughs> so uh, but again you know Mallington's did a fantastic job you know working with Langs at the times and and, uh, and, and getting there and you know we've uh, been very happy with it to be honest so then you took on the new pitch has there been any you know, issues and challenges in terms of making it grow in this environment I think as any groundsman would tell you, every day is a challenge, you know, no two days are the same and it's certainly, you know, like today we've planned to cut the pitch, it's been a little bit too wet so we've sort of held back from it because we don't want to do it just for the sake of it. So normally just the day-to-day -day sort of things, you know, with pest diseases, you know, nematodes are obviously sure. a hot topic for everyone that, you know, uh, seems to be hitting a lot of people at the moment. So, so yeah, it's, uh, there's been nothing, nothing off the top of my head I can think of at the moment, okay. but, uh, but yeah, it's... it's just the general challenges that every grounds yeah, faces. Yeah, pretty much. It's you know we're not unique in terms of the usage we have or the, the summer events. It's it's what we do. So, um, but yeah, it's we're used to it now. Your focus here is obviously very much on the stadium. Um, what have been the high points in, in your time here then? Um, I think certainly I've been England games. I'm not a, a major fan of international football myself, but you know when your country actually plays here, it's obviously um, you know quite quite a big moment. Um, you know, we were very fortunate that in 2011 as a team we won the Groundsman of the Year award uh, yeah. for the Premier League, which again, it's not an individual thing, it is very much a team thing and we're very proud of that. So, 
Um, and just, you know, the vast array of sort of events that we've had, you know, the fact that, that we can sort of um, adapt as a team and as a club itself and as a stadium to be able to hold them. You know, each event is different. You know, no two concerts are the same, uh, given the size of them. So there's been, there's been so many in regards to that, but obviously the one that will stick in everyone's mind will be when we won the league yeah. a few years ago. And, uh, late, late, late we, we go. We got that last, <laughs> last minute and uh, last minute winner, which was, which was just something I never thought I'd see as a City fan. Um, you know, I've had many a sleepless night just as a fan, never mind <laughs> as a groundsman. So, uh, you know, I've been supporting City for 30 years. So, you know, they say it'll never be beaten. I'd like to think it won't be because not just was it great, you know, to win the league, but just, yeah. you know, as, as, again, as a fan after so many years, you know, of, uh, of struggle, you know, the club's obviously changed immeasurably, uh, certainly in the last six, seven years. So, yeah, it was... Uh, it was it was a very very emotional day that day and uh, <laughs> one which afterwards you think fantastic but on the day you just emotional you, evening you, you as well you couldn't describe it to anybody yeah. you really couldn't we've spoken about the, the highlight for you football wise and and you're a fan of man city groundsmen particularly in the premier league are coming under more and more scrutiny as is the quality of the the playing surfaces mm. and the way they look mm. Do you find that pressure is increased because you're a fan as well and you want to make sure you're looking after your team and your, your fans? I think there's, there's always pressure and there's, you know, if you speak to any groundsman, there's no one puts more pressure on, on a groundsman than the groundsman himself. Because, right. you know, we know what we can do, we know what we want to do. Sometimes it's not always possible for various reasons. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it is a, a high pressure situation for everyone because it's not just people in the UK who see the games they're obviously being worldwide now on a regular basis and uh, on any day of the week almost um, so yeah it's um, there is pressure but also it, it, it there's a fantastic buzz around it knowing that what you are doing is there you know to be seen by everyone but but yeah there's the pressure of knowing just you know that slight mistake could be costly you've obviously working at a club like City you've got access to some great kit what's been your favorite piece of kit down the down the years it's a tough one. I mean, there's so many fantastic pieces of kit out there. You know, the things like the lights have been a big game changer, as you know. But um, probably the two, I would say, because I'd struggle to split them up, would be the um, the sort of Coro-type machinery, which can now clean the Deso off so effectively in such a short space of time. Also the Toro Procore as well, which, okay. you know, whereas previously you'd have, you'd have to put an air H piece of aeration equipment on a tractor, you know, this gives you the flexibility, you know, if for whatever reason you have a, a, a bit of concern about a slight wet area, yeah. you know, even at half time potentially on a game, if you wanted to do your six yard box, you can do it very quickly, very effectively with minimum fuss. So, uh, you know, in, in the same respect, that's probably where the Air 2G2 is going to now. Again, right. similar sort of process, but injecting air. So there's, uh, there's a lot of good machinery out there, and it's very difficult to, to sort of pinpoint one. I mean, even now we're looking at you know the new Dennis mowers which we bought yeah. which again fantastic British made innovation uh, you know which we're seeing the benefits of already and we've only had them you know a matter of weeks